JSTV is now on the air. ABC Sports presents, for the 19th consecutive year, the Pro Bowlers Tour. Today, live from Akron, Ohio, the final tournament of the Winter Tour, the $150,000 Firestone Tournament of Champions. How do you get the good times rolling? You get your friends together and go bowling. It's great fun anytime. Call ahead to be sure open lanes are available for you and your friends. So make your plans now. Bowling, bowling, bowling in the USA. off Beachmont Avenue is Cincinnati's newest and most modern family fun center. For the kids, channel bumpers keep them always in the game. And there's a great place for their birthday parties. There's a big game room for teens. And for adults, there's billiards. And a cozy, friendly lounge. With a fully stocked and expertly manned pro shop, there's something for everyone. At Cincinnati's newest family fun center, Cherry Grove Lanes, just off Beachmont at Hopper Hill Road. Attracting thousands of additional fans. Bowling, on the other hand, has had to really work for its popularity. More on that story from Wellington. Bowling with its 16-pound hard rubber balls and 10 15-inch pins rolled onto the American scene at the turn of the century. Today, 70 million are recreational bowlers, 2,000 bowl professionally. To turn pro, a bowler, like any other athlete, must spend countless hours and paychecks on practice sessions, travel, and equipment. And as always, good competition can speed an amateur into the professional ranks. For that reason, the Junior Bowling Tour was born. I started it just to give the kids a little more competition than they had locally. I, I had just left the junior bowling groups when I started it, and it was because of what I didn't have that I wanted to see if something could be done. The brainchild of Chuck Pisano, son of Bowling Hall of Famer Chuck Pisano Sr., the Junior Bowling Tour, or JBT, involves aspiring pros from Maine to Philadelphia, ages 9 to 21. Our season runs about 11 months of the year. We start in September and go through the end of July, uh, even into the beginning of August. We have some kind of activity going on about 40 weekends a year. Uh, we travel throughout New Jersey, into New York and Connecticut. Uh, we have different formats, a variety, number of games. Some of the kids will ball upwards of 200 games in the season. So, as I said earlier, to, to average as high as they're doing for that long a span is quite a feat. The JBT is a dream come true for scores of youth such as Steve Cavello. Well, I've been bowling on the Junior Bowling Store for about six years, six and a half years. I can consider it to be the most valuable growing up experiences uh, as far as for a young person like myself. I've seen a lot of, you know, gone through a lot of uh, growing up in the JBT, learning to control my temper learning to lose, learning to win. Overall, I'd say uh, it's a major part of my life. While less than tennis or golf, bowling in this league averages about $15 to $20 a week on practice. Part-time jobs and parents' contributions help, and many have learned to beat the system. I work in a bowling alley, so I get the practice for free, so it makes everything a whole lot easier. It can get expensive because like, bowling balls really start to run a lot, but it, ain't, it really isn't that bad because I'm so into bowling that I really don't spend it on much else, so... Do you bring dates to the bowling lanes? My girlfriend bowls more than I do. <laughs> she averages about 190. As you can see here, males dominate the lanes, but for JBT's top female bowler, it's not a macho sport. There's always good competition, and the kids out here are really helpful. Like, they won't single you out because you're female. If you have a good game, you say, hey, Laura, nice game. And they're really good that way. Do you want to go pro? Um, I think my parents would like to see it, because um, they feel I have the capability. I'm 
thinking about it, but I'm also thinking about career status and stuff like that, but it's in the back of my mind. Bowling has been fighting a poor public image from the beginning. A bowling veteran of 23 years and current manager of the Wallington Lanes, Bob Stockdale, says that's changing. Well, years ago, an alley was called an alley because they were small, four to six lane buildings. And now that you have 24 to, to 100 lanes in an establishment, they no longer have, uh, they never, no, no longer call it lane or alley. Now it's lanes. Bowling from long ago has had that image problem of almost like a, a pool hall, but it's not. It's a family sport. Uh, as you can see by the, the people bowling here, the, the, the junior bowlers, their parents are here supporting them. Uh, bowling is a family sport, and as I said, those who knock it just don't understand it. And family it is. Since the JBT includes the tri-state area and many pre-drivers, parents must get involved. Gene Bone is one. Time-wise, we give up most every other Saturday for the bowling tournament. Mileage-wise, we come from the central part of New Jersey, so we're traveling anywhere from 50 to 150 miles to each tournament. But for my son, I feel it's well worth it because his goal in life is to become a professional bowler or to be very good at his bowling. And the only way that I think he can accomplish it is to have good competition. And this JBT is the best thing I have ever come across. It's well run. The bowling alleys are all the centers we go to just are very courteous to the kids. He has met so many really good friends on this tour that it's a something he'll remember the rest of his life. So whether these juniors decide to make bowling a career or not, they're learning about competition, cooperation, and camaraderie, important ingredients for any vocation. This is Denise Richardson reporting. I did it, says former Chicago Classic Leaguer Glenn Allison. In California on July 1st, 1982, Glenn Allison bowled games of 300, 300, and 300 for the first perfect 900 series ever in an ABC-sanctioned league. Of course, Glenn 900 Allison was rolling the perfect bowling ball, the Columbia 300 Yellow Dot, still the premier bowling ball that keeps on winning tournament after tournament. Yellow Dot is the ball Dave Houston rolled to win the BPAA U.S. Open last February on national television. Yellow Dot is the leading member of the Columbia 300 family of dots. Even world-famous White Dot outperforms competitive balls on all lane conditions. Indeed, it's the biggest seller in the world. And four beautiful colors in Light Dot, some as lightweight as eight pounds. You take a tip from Glenn 900 Allison, or U.S. Open champion Dave Houston, or these members of the Columbia 300 advisory staff, Donna Adamic, Don Johnson, Betty Morris. Your game deserves Columbia 300. The current economy has us all nostalgic for the good old days. Servicing Sunset Park since 1958, Melody Lanes provides inexpensive fun for all who enter. Featuring 26 lanes, video games, snacks, and a fully stocked bar, this neighborhood attraction is great for anyone looking to let the good times roll. My name is Maria Falsetta, and I am the night manager at Melody Lanes. Melody Lanes has been in Sunset Park for at least 60 years, maybe more. Melody Lanes is one of the finest places that you can visit. It's a landmark, it's been here quite a long time, but one of the best things about Melody Lanes is the fact that the people that come through these doors are a family, family style business. That's what this place really is. I've been in this rectangle for 20 years and I've never had one conflict that seems to be something special to me. Strike to claim it. Strike to claim it. Get everyone together at one time. And we have laughs, we drink, and eat. This is the best place to get everyone together. I truly like Melody Lane because of the, the environment. You know, it's a friendly, fun-filled family environment. And it's always a pleasure just to come here. you got great music. The bowling is always fun for everybody. Good food for when you just want to sit down and eat and relax. It's really a fun place when you just want to relax. We've been coming to Melody since my nephew was wow, what eight a years old, and, they all and we've continued to tradition with my niece, uh, starting when she was six, statistically, and, and informing you that the modern game of 10 pins is today America's most popular sport with over 20 million strike makers. 
I love Melody. Modern Lynch. equipment has streamlined the game with the electric power line detectors. Hits and misses are projected on the screen by a scorecaster. A break keeps heavy balls from bruising careless fingers. From 7 to 70, they all bowl. Grandson, grandpa, or grandma. Brother or sister, Mrs. or Mr. The modern bowl center is a far cry from the old-fashioned alley hangout. Today, it's the All-America Family Recreational Center. Each bowler striding for that perfect score of 300 which means 12 consecutive perfect rolls or strikes. And yet with millions of bowlers in more millions of games, there are less than 300 perfect games rolled each year. But then, one never gives up hope, and youth is always in their trying. Here's Ned Day at his own alleys in Santa Monica, California. Many Ned times is world's on the match play champion. Family night. He says Children, the first necessity for good bowling is proper Melody footwear. You see, one shoe has a leather sole, and the other is a rubber, They're allowing you to slide and break friends. at the same time in your delivery. Day knows where I'll be He has instructed over 10,000 bowlers and holds more Good records evening. than you Welcome can shake a stick Lanes. at. I'm Marian, the, night manager, the proper ball for 99% of all bowlers is one with the three-finger grip because it allows more control and less and finger strain. You place your thumb in the single hole to the depth desired, then your two middle fingers should fit comfortably in the other two holes, the thickness of a lead pencil. And this is the high side. Your game is as good as your footwork. Using either a three, four, or five-step delivery, you approach the foul mark in a straight line with your knees slightly bent and your body relaxed and balanced. Remember, a straight ball is the easiest one to control. As in golf, a smooth follow-through and perfect balance completes a perfect delivery and should result in a perfect score. A straight ball is best delivered on the right side of the alley and should have a direct line of flight to hit evenly between the number one and number three pins. A curved or hook ball is used by most champions because of its greater strike percentage. It is thrown out and towards the gutter, allowing the curve to bring it back on to the one three pin pop. A checkered flag is used to block Day's vision of the pin. He proves if you're a good spot bowler, you don't need to see the pins. He knows the exact point to set his ball down. And wham! Any instruction applicable to men is just as valuable for women. Of course, the girlfriend uses a lighter ball. Then she should not try to bowl in high-heeled shoes. And it's advisable to dress comfortably so she can stretch and bend freely. Like golf, it's largely a matter of timing, balance, and follow-through. And the fair sex must always keep in mind it is not necessary to roll a fastball to score well. She takes her stance about 12 the feet back of the foul line, something and she's all set. A lot of set. people in New York City know about something called the Peter Special, Pete Special. So it was my rendition of an Everclear punch. North of the Mason-Dixon line, hey, you'd bowl most of over us in don't any know league. what Everclear is. And now we present Andy Varacava, the world's top flight artist of tricky, fancy bowling. He's the only Before expert who is completely ambidextrous. The excellent spirits, he can throw I sharp shooting bullseye hooks with either hand. Wild turkey one on one. from left to right hand is absolutely no trouble each. at all. He's okay. the original then handy Then I sandwiched that with a little of Malibu coconut rum, which gives it a little pleasant flavor. One of Andy's very special tricks is the double barrel salvo. Two perfect hooks bowl simultaneously crisscross on the alley mopping up a most difficult split. One moment, and we will have The gutter exactly is no mental hazard. He loves to pick off a spare pin with a bank shot from a side gutter. Now Andy has cooked up a fancy combination which he calls an Uncle Benny, or the pawn shop special. Using three balls, he kicks the first with his foot, rolls the next with his left hand, and the third with his right hand. Open Each ball clips a pin as neatly as a daisy. Follow us on His Twitter at BK Independent TV. is illustrated with this staggered three-pin shot. Nice control, young man. His three-pin Massey shot brings billiard expertness to the bowling alley. 
He puts tremendous English on the ball, and it travels in three distinct arcs as it mows down the three pins. Here's the impossible split, but nothing stumps Andy, so he calls his daughter into the picture. Uh, well, let's see, what's the gag? Well, there's family teamwork if I ever saw it. This three-alley exhibition shot he calls the Flying Dutchman. The ball must part the two middle alley pins with hairline accuracy. And it does. Here's a good trick. Away down at the end of this long double lane is a lone pin that Andy holds in contempt. Ha ha ha, this time, this guy's in for a beating. Smack him right in the kisser, Andy. Good. And thanks, Andy Varapapa. You can roll on our team any day. You're not bad. And now to Wilton, Connecticut, to meet that great alley wizard, Colonel Lemuel Q. Stupnagel. Uh, let's go indoors. Awfully nice of you folks to come inside. It's a much easier bowling inside this year than it is outside. Now, you've seen the champions in action, and I'm going to show you the instinctive bowler. Confidentially, I'm instinctive. Well, I've been bowling ever since I was that old. You know, we Stupnagels have given a lot to this game. And probably our greatest contribution is relief from foul line boogaboo. I'll show you how it works. <laughs> I get it, Colonel. Every man makes his own foul line. Well, now that's a very ingenious idea and should save a lot of foul arguments. Well, it certainly takes brains or something to dope out such an innovation. Oh, it's a secret. Okay, Stoop, I won't breathe it to a soul. And there's another thing you must always remember about bowling. Never get your hand anywhere near the ball or the rack. You see, while uh, you're bowling because the ball is locked to come up and hit you in the... <laughs> ah, but you can never fool the Stoop Nagel. <laughs> and another point, too. Now, a bowling ball is very heavy, you understand? And you have to have muscle and big arms and everything else in order to bowl properly, you see? All right, cut them up, boy. If you listen to the experts, this is a tough game. You have to put your finger in the ball this way and stand this way and do this and all that sort of stuff, but not with my invention. With my invention, you just roll the ball and they all fall. Colonel, you must have been sitting up nights to figure this one out. You're an engineer, not a bowler. Uh, does it work? Yep, you roll the ball and they all fall. Well, that's a sit-down strike that pays. Uh, just a minute, Colonel. Hey, what's the idea of the heavy artillery hanging up there? National defense or what? Oh, you mean this, Husey? Yep. Huh. Daniel Boone gave me this. This is a little gadget of mine. I haven't got it quite right yet. Just in case that pin boy double-crosses me, I can, I can do it. Thanks, pal. with 34 lanes to serve all your bowling needs, has one of the most advanced automatic scoring systems in the area for your convenience. Delphair Lane's fun for the entire family with an extensive junior program and daycare. So come on out, grab a ball, and let her rip in a league or in open bowling. And then enjoy the comfort, food, and drink of Delphair's two full-service restaurants and bars. Delphair Lane's, Anderson Ferry and Delhi Roads in Delhi. In the afternoon, when things slow down, when you're wondering what to do, let's go! Go bowling!
Nothing brings people together or makes friends so fast as bowling. So call a friend. Bowl Brunswick tomorrow. And now to change the subject completely, I don't know if you know this, but you happen to be sitting across the aisle from a guy who likes to go bowling. I, that really is changing the subject, doesn't matter. Well, the only reason I mention that is to say that uh, as a 165 average bowler, which is nothing special, I was really looking forward to our next film, Dreamer, which turns out to be yet another adaptation of the Rocky story. This time it's a rag-to-riches bowler who wants to become a national champion, both for himself and his old-timer coach. Tim Matheson from the movie Animal House is the bowler. Here he is at his first major tournament. <laughs> bowler, I've got to admit that it isn't very exciting watching a guy knock down all the pins when you just know he's going to knock down all the pins. Maybe that's why they added that music there and to spike up the action. Anyway, he brings his trophy that he wins back to his home base, a small town bowling alley, where he's got to fix a broken pin setting machine before encountering his girlfriend, played by Susan Blakely. Hi there, sugar. I got something for you. Oh, yeah? How come you didn't come by and show me your new car? Karen Lee, don't start that way, okay? You don't get it, do you, Dreamer? It's a principle, the thing that I'm talking about. That you're first? Yeah, right. Instead of bowling, Harry and bowling. This is for you. Thanks. Well, you did it, huh? Uh-huh. You like that? Nice. So pretty. And so are you. And I missed you. I missed you, too. I love you. How much? What does that mean? It means I want to go with you next time. The time I took you, I bowled 146 and finished out of the money right in the hole. That's right. We had fun, remember? Oh, you had fun. I didn't like losing. Yeah, neither did Harry, right? What are we arguing about? I'm back. I won, okay? No more arguing? Okay. Please? Okay, no more arguing. I'll just go with you next time, that's all. No, you won't. And if you don't want that, just leave it. Oh, I want it. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. It's mine. You gave it to me. Movie makers really lay it on thick when they give <laughs> us characters from small towns, you know. Watching Hollywood films, you'd think everyone from the South or a small town had a lobotomy at birth. <laughs> anyway, the story gets cornier and cornier, and worse, the twists of the plot are thoroughly predictable, all coming down to, of course, one last game, which is far less interesting than any of the bowling tournaments you see every week on TV. Now, there are reportedly 20 million regular bowlers in this country. Well, we were waiting for a good story about bowling, but Dreamer, which does have a couple of pleasant performances in it, Dreamer really isn't it. Well, I'm not a bowler. I was <laughs> not waiting for a good story about bowling, and I was certainly not waiting for this story. Yeah. You mentioned Rocky. Rocky was a good movie. It had a lot of cliches that it used very well, with a lot of energy. Yeah, we were seeing them for the first time in a long time. In a long time, yeah. yeah. Now we see them on, a, on the average of every week. This movie is so predictable. You sit there and you say, now he's going to do this, now that. Here comes the big match. Here's his <laughs> girlfriend. Here's his coach. Will the coach have a heart attack? Will he win the big match? Will he make up with his girlfriend? It's so predictable, it's depressing. Yeah, and um, I really thought that as I was watching there, I see these nice, pleasant performers in there. And, why are they trapped in this kind of picture? Yeah, it's a pleasant movie. It's not an ordeal to sit through, except for the story, which is absolutely, <laughs> you know, predictable. Right. And we both say no to the dreamer, the all-too-familiar saga of a plucky bowler striking <laughs> his way to the top. And, Gene, that's five negative votes for you. That must be some kind of a record. Well, I don't make the movies. I just review them. <laughs> but, you know, I did like the squeeze toy. <laughs> strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And... 
In part two of our three-week mini-series for women, we're going to discuss the backup ball. Now, over the years, we've seen the backup ball is caused by the women having their thumb at three o'clock as they go through their swing, then rotating the fingers clockwise underneath the ball, causing a backup spin. We've also taught you that the way to correct this is to hold the thumb at nine o'clock throughout the swing and allow the fingers to rotate counterclockwise around the ball. Now for you women that have had a lot of success over the years with the backup ball, maybe there's no use to change. We're going to show you how to improve that backup ball. First place, instead of standing on the right-hand side of the lane, move over to the left-hand side of the lane. Hold the backup ball in your normal position at 3 o'clock. Aim between the first and second arrows down the left side, allowing the backup ball, or now as we call it, a reverse hook, hook right into the one-two pocket, getting more strikes, and increasing your scoring power. Remember tip number two in our three-week mini-series for women. For you beginners, avoid that three o'clock position and the backup ball. But for you players that are accomplished with the backup ball, remember, move to the left side of the approach, roll the reverse hook down the left side of the lane, and you'll increase your strike power. Construction projects transform a space into something new. But something old was hiding underneath the floor of this basement in Hoboken. It's not uncommon to bury stuff when you're doing construction. Anton David is on the job at 327 Washington Street. This Hoboken storefront was most recently a salon. Not exactly where you'd expect to find 100-year-old bowling pins or a complete bowling alley. Once the smoke kind of settled, we've, we realized that Deep back there, there's some really cool stuff. The crew found bowling balls and smaller pins. You can see the spots that mark their place. People have been stopping by to see for themselves. Anthony Romano's from next door. When I was a very young boy, uh, the gentleman who had a huge garment company here, a coat factory, had always said to me uh, there was a bowling alley down there. Many of these places were built in the late 1880s. You know they're going to be stories. Hoboken's history lives on at the Historical Museum. There's certainly a lot of beautiful ceilings that, that, that have been covered up over the years. Um, the bowling, bowling lanes, though, no. Rand Hoppy looked through the museum's archives. The address led to some names. Bowling lanes were a hot building amenity back in the day. We actually have a book of billiards and um, bowling licenses granted by the city in the 1920s. Newspaper stories came up about this place being a popular bowling spot, first for Hoboken's Republican Club and then its Democratic Club on Washington Street. Some of the artifacts will end up at the museum. Hey, I wish we could just have a bowling alley, but then I'd never get any work done. But Eddie Janow calls the place home now, moving his family's optometry business, an eyeglass shop. This stuff isn't going to end up in the trash or the gutter. The old wood would make good furniture. Hoboken Custom Craft has drawn up plans. They specialize in reclaimed wood. We're really excited to, to be able to show that in the pins and the bowling alley. We're going to do some things with that. So we're very excited. The basement remodel will convert it into a storage and employee work area. Everybody will hear that story about how there once was a bowling alley here. In Hoboken, Greg Mocker, Pix 11 News. 10 plastic coated maplewood pins, 15 inches high, three and a half pounds each in weight. A bowl between 9 and 16 pounds, made of composition hard rubber. A lane of hardwood, 62 feet, 10 and 3 16 of an inch in length. An automatic pin spotter, designed to re-spot the 10 pins and return the ball to the player. These are the elements of a sport which is bringing a new concept of family recreation to more than 30 countries around the world, 10-pin bowling. This happens to be Corby, England, but it could be anywhere. And for the first time, this family is seeing for themselves why people everywhere are attracted to their own community 10-pin bowling centers. Here, people can come and enjoy a sport that offers a personal challenge to skill and coordination. And they can do it in a modern, wholesome atmosphere.
depending on their size, children can begin to enjoy 10-pin bowling as young as seven years. The dad is usually more than willing to act as instructor because he knows that his community centre provides recreation designed to help the developing young people of his town. Businessmen come to play and relax. In fact, everyone enjoys the centre. Too young to play? Well then, you can watch. The international fashion world has recognised the place bowling occupies in the lives of women. World-famous designers launch each year's collections for bowling. Children attend through the many free instructional classes held just for them. Not only is the game of ten pins taught, but these youngsters are learning the rules of sportsmanship too. Leagues are formed made up of four or more teams, with from two to five members or more per team. They play on a regular schedule over a period of months. Teams can be made up of men, women, mixed teams and youngsters too. Good exercise and good sport. The friendliness of each 10-pin centre's atmosphere, combined with the magnetic attraction of the game, soon have almost everyone on the lanes. Each proprietor takes a personal interest in everyone's game. His knowledge as a businessman, sportsman and host make him the ideal person to present 10-pin bowling to his community in a way that provides a balanced sports social centre for all ages. And enjoy it they do. Whether out for an evening's recreation, or involved in serious league competition. It takes a ball in just the right place to topple all the bits. Before and after the game, most 10-pin centres offer light snacks and refreshments, presented in the cleanest surroundings by friendly, courteous people. centres have a club or bar where the experiences of the day or evening's games can be shared. All are planned for relaxation and forgetting everyday problems. Cleanliness is the keynote of all 10-pin centres everywhere in the world. The bowling balls, the lanes, the entire centre is maintained in spotless condition. Newcomers to the sport are greeted by an efficient staff of trained personnel. Instruction makes the game even more satisfying. It's off now for fitting of the bowling shoes and selection of a ball that will suit each player's hand. Taught this way, using four normal steps, a free, relaxed swing of the ball and a good follow-through to give the ball direction and a strong roll, many a newcomer gets all ten pins down with the very first try. It's called a strike. One game for one person is made up of ten of these attempts at the ten pins. If you don't get all ten with the first ball, another roll of the ball is taken. The score is added from frame to frame and is simple to learn as you play. A group of five players on one lane will generally spend about a, an hour with their game. In the event that you don't knock all ten pins down with your first try, the automatic pin spotter will re-spot the remaining pin and return your ball for the second chance. Whether or not
Once your second ball topples all the pins left, the pin spotter will then re-spot a new deck of 10 pins for the next frame of the game. It's this natural rhythm that gives the sport its great appeal for recreation and health too. The lacquered surface of the lanes is polished and conditioned every day, many times, by the famous all-in-one machine, Unimatic. The lanes are as close to level as practical, to within 40 thousandth of an inch. Most lanes are checked annually by an official player association, thereby ensuring uniform competition conditions, no matter where in the world you may play 10-pin bowling. AMF may be able to automate the pin spotting and the lane conditioning, but it takes all sorts of people to roll the ball. Practice makes perfect, and it doesn't take long before each player begins to develop a very individual style. It doesn't take long either to learn that strength alone is not the key to getting strikes. Coordination and skill are the ingredients, as many a lady proves. Ten-pin bowling centers are able to operate at any hour convenient to the population of any town, anywhere in the world, thanks to the famous AMF automatic pin spotter's ability to do its job so well. And so it goes. From a little boy, fascinated by his first go at it. To a mother, enjoying her regular league meetings with her friends. The champions of the future, developing through one of the special league programs for young people. England to Japan, all around the world, more and more families are taking part in this sport, 10-pin bowling. The scoring and the rules are the same everywhere. 10-pin bowling brings a, a healthful, competitive appeal, crossing all international boundaries. But uh, it can be a little frustrating at times too. Local leagues are often sponsored by large industrial firms or local businesses. Many employers find that bowling is the most important part of their employee relations program. From leagues in Corby to the tense excitement of international tournaments, generated through events sponsored by the International Organization of Players' Federations, where men and women from many nations compete on behalf of their countries. Yes, this game of 10-pin bowling is fast becoming the international sport for everyone, everywhere. This has been a presentation of AMF, international leader in 10-pin bowling equipment and supplies on behalf of friendly... Well, how many of you can bowl at 200 games? Susie and Rick. Okay, right. Well, before you answer, how many of you could do it when you were nine years old? Jack Doles reports on one local bowler who did just that in 1981 and could be turning pro in the near future. to be good, I don't really know how else to say, you know, how to become a great bowler, but just to practice and practice and, you know, as they say, practice makes perfect, so. And in Jeff DeCover's case, practice has made perfect, twice. At the age of 18, Jeff has already rolled two 300 games, 
and recently set the Tibby League record in eight 39 series. Right now he's he's young, so the older guys don't like him because he <laughs> is doing all this. When people find out that you're 18, what's the usual response? You know, a young puppy coming coming up, rising. Well, this is one pup that has everybody barking, and he hopes to strike it rich with his talent someday. One, the, one day I'd like to, you know, be one of the best, and that's what I, that's my main goal, is to be one of the best, and to be the best, you have to participate on the professional bullish tour and make a good living out there. If he keeps rolling at his current 220 pace, he should fit right in. In Kentwood, Jack Doles, News 8 Sports. For the third time this season, Kansas occupies the... Oh, cereals and I'm bowling free! No way! Bowling free! This certificate may be redeemed for one free game only at the participating bowling centers. See conditions on the back of the post cereal box. Bowling free, oh yeah, bowling free, bowling free. We ain't post cereal, never bowling free. The scene, the Pacific Northwest, Mount St. Helens as it looked in March 1980. And here it was last week after the second volcanic eruption. There's a little bit of the dust. It's still here in the Portland area. In the wind outside, we had some rain today. It is going away. There is still some in the lanes, inside and outside. And what does it do to a brand new bowling ball? This one was only used for eight games during one session. You can see the ridge, and that's a little bit of what's taking place in the lanes. And there is the trophy that everybody is going to, $85,000 tournament. $10,000 first prize and that beautiful trophy surrounded by roses from the city of Roses Open. Total Sports ESPN presents the Professional Bowling Association. From the Timberlanes in Portland, Oregon, the $85,000 city of Roses Open. Brought to you by Budweiser. For all you do, this Bud's for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Roberts. Mike Durbin is with me this week, 14-year veteran of the Pro Tour. And, Mike, we take a look at the dust in the bowling ball. Exactly how is that going to affect these bowlers? Well, Jim, the dust is definitely here. It's been in the atmosphere all week long, and it's gotten on the lanes. It's gotten on the approaches. The effect it seems to have is that the approaches are just a little bit slipperier and that the lanes hook more. And I think it was one of the reasons that the scores were a little bit lower this week. Well, we should say right at the top of the show that uh, you can't feel it outside at all. You can see it a little bit when it's extremely windy. We said that it's raining today, and it has settled just a little bit. Now, how about the format for this week? What has taken place all week leading up to the stepladder finals? Well, on Saturday, we started with a 192-man field. They wound up bowling a total of 18 qualifying games. Then Sunday afternoon, we cut to the top 24 match game finalists. These bowlers bowled head-to-head -head matches, getting bonus pins for every game that they won. And last night, we cut to the top five, and these are the five that we're going to see on TV today. And we've got some familiar faces. The U.S. Open champ, a guy we saw last week as the number five position, Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve, uh, the youngest player to ever win $100,000 total on the PBA Tour, is making his second straight appearance on TV this week. And I look for big things out of Steve today. Now he's the kind of guy that uh, a lot of people don't know who he is. He's a very uh, young performer, but yet he always seems to be there, and he is a very, very steady performer and is getting steadier as he goes along. I really think he's starting to come into his own now. And in the number four position? We have Rick Vitone. Now, Rick is an amateur in the field today. He's from nearby Salem, Oregon, and today he's going to be trying to beat four seasoned veterans to earn his way into the Firestone Tournament of Champions. Well, he is a former uh, PBA member. He was there for three years. He is no longer a member, but uh, he says if he can win this one, he might reconsider and uh, go back out again. Yes, I talked to him last night, and... Uh, if he could win, I'm sure he'd be out here competing week to week. And, of course, we've got one of the steadiest performers that have been in bowling uh, throughout the history of the sport, the number three position, Mark Roth. 
Well, the great Mark Roth. Mark's trying to do something today that only one other player has ever been able to do, and that's win the same tournament three consecutive years. However, Mark has not won at all this year. He's, uh, his luck on TV has not been too good. Bowlers have bowled some very, very high scores at him this year. And uh, we'll see how it goes for Mark today. Well, he's had four second places, and he certainly has been a steady performer. And uh, the fellow that has won a particular tournament three times in a row, Earl Anthony, he's done it twice. Number two position. Number two, we have the deliberate Ernie Schlegel. Ernie, for years, was known as a non-winner on the tour. In fact, he was the highest winning, in money terms, non-winner in the history of the PBA. Then this winter, he won at Kansas City. So now this is his first TV appearance since he's won, and we'll see that uh, if that win relaxes him and he's able to win number two. Well, it took him 12 years to win a tournament. He is a little bit of a controversial figure. We should, though, really mention that we're going to see a little bit of a slow delivery when he's out there. Ernie likes to aim, and, and he takes his time. And the king of the hill this week, George Pappas. What can you say about George? George is our tournament committee chairman. He's a leader on the tour. He has a classic style. I think George is probably the finest shot maker on the PBA Tour today, right now. He likes it when the lanes are tough and you really got to hit your target, and that's the way they are today. Well, he was down a little bit in the pack and then got up into the top ten and the top five, top five going into the finals, but didn't get to the number one position until the position round, and there he is in the position of only have to bowl one game for the championship and $10,000. In the stepladder format, the number five position is Steve Martin with a 2.11 average. He'll bowl against Rick Batone, who is averaging 2.15. The winner against Mark Roth. The winner of that one against Ernie Schlegel. And the winner of that one will face George Pappas for the championship. And we'll have the handshake and the opening match just a moment from the City of Roses Open, Portland, Oregon, on ESPN. And there's the handshake. And we are ready to go in the opening match. Steve Martin and Rick Patrone. Rick will start on the left side. He's in the number four position. And Steve down in the number five position. But just last week, we had a guy that went all the way. It'll be interesting to see. Rick, this is his first time on TV, whether he's very nervous. There's Rick Patron. Sets it out, puts it in there, and he's got a strike to start this bat. That's the best way to start. Great shot there. That's not a bad way to finish, either. <laughs> Here's Steve now. 21 years old, but yet he's beginning to be a veteran. Putting it up, going to be a little bit short, and he's not going to get the action that he hoped for. Well, he left the 2.58 here. The ball skidded out on him just a little bit. Very difficult spare here, Jim. He's got to cover both the 2 and the 5 and have the ball get through to get the 8 pin. Steve Martin now shooting for the 2.58, and you've got to have some precision to put this one down. He drills it straight up there, and he leaves the one in the back. I talked to Steve Martin before the opening match and asked him, but nobody seems to know who he is because he hasn't been around that much, whether that bothers him, even though he's been a steady performer. No, not really. I can throw the ball pretty hard and still turn it, and uh, I think as long as you can get the ball over the first few, you know, first five feet of the lanes, three, four, five feet of the lanes, without, you know, catching him the dust and you're okay and I can throw it pretty hard and get it over it. Steve did something there. He moved outside on the left lane there. He changed his angle from the first frame. It made a much better shot, left the four pin. And he was talking about that dust situation that we have uh, mentioned at the top of the show. We want to tell everybody again, if you're coming out in this area, it is okay that you can hardly see it anymore. Yes, I've been reading some of the articles in the paper and the local media is a little upset. With some of the publicity they've been getting in the East. Steve, who started bowling in the adult leagues at 15 years old, now Rick Patrone, the non-PBA member, first time on TV, and he's got the crowd behind him because he is from nearby Salem, Oregon. Right, and he's already up by 11 pins, and he can boost it right up to 21 with a strike here, really get out ahead in a hurry. Puts it out, puts it in, and he's got it. And Rick Fatone opens with two strikes, goes over to try to get a turkey and puts Steve Martin considerably down. Steve had just a nine in the opening frame and then came back with a nine spare in frame number two. Jim, I was impressed with this boy all week long with his cool and his concentration. And boy, he seems to be just carrying that forward right into the TV show. 24 years old. 
tried to really concentrate this week, he says. And he's done the job. That one's going to need the action and gets the seven pin kicked out of there. And Patron has three strikes in a row to open this opening match. That's what we call the wall shot. Now Steve Martin, the U.S. Open champ. Only his second tour win. He's from Kingsport, Tennessee. And that's not a bad series of earnings for being around not very long, only 21 years old. Needs a strike, and he's got it. So Steve Martin starts to come back now. After the nine in the first frame, he goes spare strike. Rick Patrone, three strikes in a row. Steve comes over on the left side now. A nice adjustment off that first frame where he came in light. Steve Martin qualified fourth, was eighth after the first match play block, went up to seventh, had to scramble to get here to number five, but made it. Kingsport, Tennessee native, puts it down, puts it in. He's got a strike. The lanes are warming up. Both of them working on a couple of strikes, and we'll be back with more from the City of Roses Open after this message. And we invite you to stay with ESPN for the Professional Bowlers Association Tour throughout the summer and fall. Spend part of your 4th of July holiday with the fireworks of bowling stars like Wayne Webb, Alvin Liu, a lot of these people will be here. George Pappas, the leader, will be there who is one of the top 10 bowlers certainly of a long time. Seattle Open Friday, 4th of July, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on ESPN. Well, Stevie Martin now has come back and cut that lead to 21 and put a little pressure on Rick. We'll see how he responds to that. So far, he's been perfect in three frames. Dips it out a little bit, gonna turn and go a little bit high, and he's got eight. Got a good break there. Went right through the heart of the pins and only left the 6-10. Didn't leave a split. Well, these two guys met once before this week and had a real thriller. Steve Martin defeated this gentleman, Rick Patrone, 239 to 235. Here's Rick on the right side. Notice how he shoots the spare from the left, cross lane. That's that's the way to do it. Rick Patron has 78 working on a spare through four. Steve Martin, 29 in the second frame, and he's working on a double. We should mention, Mike, the PBA is giving $5,000 for a 300 game on TV during the summer tour. We won't have it in this game, but uh, a lot of hooking. And if somebody gets these lanes just right, why, we may see some scores. There was one 300 this week. Rick turns it, puts it in, gets the kick of the 10 pin, and Rick Patone goes over on the left side, picks up a strike. He has four strikes in five frames now as Steve Martin is getting ready to go. Great shot he made there. Ball came in half pocket, which is just a little light, snapped that 10 pin right out of there. Steve in the fifth frame, he too now looks for three in a row. Gonna have to hurry, but it gets there, and the eight pin goes. They say that's the only really legitimate tap. <laughs> it looked like it there, the eight pin stands. Oh, just a tremendously bad break for Steve Martin. He just, he can't throw the ball any better. He put it perfectly in the 1-3 pocket, and that is one of the unusual taps in bowling. Steve now goes for the spare to conclude the midway portion of this match. We have just the one open, and that was Steve's opening frame when he had a nine count. He's got 78 spare. Rick Patrone has 98 strike. So it is closer than those 20 pins we anticipate in the scoring. 10 pins, not a strike, so it'll be a 10-pin difference when we look at it at that respect. And now Steve on the left side. Oh, they're falling here in Portland, Oregon. And a strike for Steve Martin. Well, the margin is 20 pins right at this point, Jim. Rick can increase it to 30 with a strike right here. Rick Patron averaging 213. All of the finalists are averaging right around 213. Great shot, great shot. Oh, Rick Patone with a strike. He's got a double, a most interesting match. And I had a chance to visit with Rick Patrone, ask him how the dust is affecting his game. Strike to claim it, a strike to claim it. And he got it! That is why I did it! I number five! Are you kidding me?
Bowling sure makes me hot and thirsty. This is a job for Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid! Oh, yeah! Kool-Aid here, bringing you fun. Kool-Aid's got thirst on the run. Get a big, wide, happy ear to ear. Kool-Aid You know, it's a lot easier to add up three strikes in baseball than it is in bowling. That's what's so great about AMF's new magic score. Magic score does all the arithmetic. You just punch in your name at the beginning and bowl. The screen even tells you when it's your turn and which lane to bowl on. Magic score. It makes bowling more fun for everybody. Little kids can bowl by themselves, even if they can't add. For my money, Magic Score is the best thing that ever happened to bowling since the automatic pin spotter. Yay! You knock him down. Magic Score adds him up. Magic Score is here. Installations are underway now across the country. Look for it soon at a bowling center near you. Magic Score from AMF. Now, have more fun, win more prizes, too, with Larry Kinney on Bowling for Dollars, the show that lets you play and win at home. Watch it weeknights at 6.30 here on Channel 9. is indeed overwhelming. But tonight, the whelm turns. Tonight, I'll get all the scores, averages, handicaps, team averages, team standings, high series, all automatically. Thanks to AMF Data Magic. First, oh, automatic okay. scorekeeping with Magic Score, and now, automatic record keeping with Data Magic. AMF has made my job a snap. Billy Hardwick. The man has won more professional tournaments in one year than any other bowler in history. Billy puts it this way. You've got to have real desire and dedication about anything you do if you're going to do it right. It's the same with Miller High Life. We've dedicated over 115 years to brewing the best beer there is. Miller makes it right. Ninjas do two things very well. They react. And they attack. Nothing blows them away like a ninja. The AMF Ninja, available today. The Ladies Professional Bowlers Tour announces the premier edition of Strike Force Trading Cards, the first ever for a woman's professional sport. Limited to 50,000 sets, the 1991-64 card edition can be yours for $12.95. U.S. Open champion Dana Miller-Mackey, 12-time champion Tish Johnson, Bowler of the Decade Lisa Wagner, Hall of Famers and Rookies. Call 1-800-999-9870 and order your piece of sports history. Call now, 1-800-999-9870. better with age. I met an 81-year-old bowler who just rolled a 300. My pleasure to present this to you, Ollie. Okay, thank you very much. You pulled a perfect game last week. Congratulations to you. Ollie Harbin didn't expect to get this plaque from AMF West Lanes this week. But how often does someone who's 81 years old roll a 300? But to Ollie, it wasn't that big of a deal. I didn't even think about it. I just start striking, and, and I just said, slow your feet down, because I, I kind of rush. And so I just, I just, I just bowled, and I, I had them all, I mean, they were good. And even in the first game, I had a 300. Didn't even, I didn't think about it. In the second game, I had a 235. And in the last game, I had a 244, and I had a split in the 10th. The only open I had, and I got kind of nervous. Because I wanted an 800 series, but I didn't make it. She may have missed out on an 800 series, but rolling a 300 still caught the attention of some of the other bowlers in her league. I didn't even see who was watching, because everybody usually does. I do the same thing. But I, they all came and 
gave me a hug and congratulated me. That was great. That was great. When did you notice that, oh, she might do this? I don't know, about the ninth, eighth or ninth frame. Yeah, and did you stop and watch? Oh, I watched her all the time in <laughs> When did you notice she was going for a perfect game? At about the sixth frame. How could you tell? I've seen her do it before. That's right. Ollie has done it before. She rolled a perfect game four years ago. And that concludes our broadcasting day. Till next time. Watch JSTV as it watches you.